Since discovering her secret life online, I've been keeping tabs on Simone, literally. Primarily, I've been following her bookmarked web pages serving as a map of her curious odyssey, one in which she's followed the trail of breadcrumbs left by the man she mistook for someone she met at her seminar in Seattle. She didn't seem to have bothered confirming his identity by going beyond their exchanges and the websites he'd led her to. But I did. Using his email address, I was able to locate him on Twitter. If it's even a him. Welcome to your life, is all the account bio says. The profile name is Catharos. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the root word of Catharism? The middle-aged sect of Christianity in France that believed in the existence of two equal, opposing gods, rather than a single, all-powerful deity? Didn't the Inquisition basically end the Cathars? Searching through her journal entries, Simone doesn't seem to have noticed the significance of the profile name but I certainly find it significant. Whoever is behind this little mind movie they're putting in her head appears to be pointing out the significance of dualism, the binary nature of life, X's and O's, which in the classic anthropomorphism of all things humans survey amounts to good versus evil, an all-good God versus an all-evil Satan. Going back through the Catharos posts, it's not hard to see where she was led to locate the sites she relies on for her daily dose of serotonin. He tweets quotes from the shallow two-dimensional leaders in the thought-influencing industry who manage those sites. Equally two-dimensional memes and shallow pop poetry from the Instagram famous. Allegedly accurate alternative facts from self-proclaimed whistleblowers who seem to be doing nothing but blowing dog whistles. I notice Simone's comments on more than a few of his tweets. Of special interest was the tweet that claimed to have debunked the existence of ghosts, the entities that so many people claim to have encountered and which Simone has videoed many times are more like golem from Jewish lore. The account claims they're the result of dark energy saturating the ground or surrounding organic matter during an incident that produces a large concentration of it in a short time, like a war, or genocide, or is that a redundancy? The article insists golem take form, but without substance, visible for only short bursts of time. They have no intelligence or self-awareness. They merely repeat the same movements again and again, mere puppets the dark energy is using to entertain itself with a reenactment of its own creation story. Without actually explaining anything in even remotely scientific terms, 
The article suggests that even dark energy produces electrical impulses that can result in these emanations appearing. How? Through the overused and largely misunderstood term, Law of Attraction. From glancing at Simone's corresponding notes, she seems to think this is what leads her to paranormal activity when she just happens to have a cell cam in her hand. The law of attraction uses her as an electrical conductor, connecting the golem's activity to the electronic device in her hand. Just what makes her more susceptible to it than any other person with a cell cam is left up to conjecture. Maybe it's magic. Poor kid. What are these people doing to her? I would have pursued that thought, but a message arrived in Simone's Twitter inbox. It was from Catharos. The subject line said, I see you there lurking on my page. How I wanted to open it. But I wanted to keep my snooping on Simone on the down low even more and opening it would leave evidence that I'd been there. So I closed the browser and grabbed one of Marina's Faraday caps to wear on an excursion to the kitchen for a late-night snack. And wouldn't you know, along the way I was treated to a visit from an entity. Do I call it a ghost or a golem? following it to the stairway, it seemed to be leading me to a closet situated on the landing where the stairs take a 45-degree turn. Funny thing is, there is no closet on the landing. The entity easily dematerialized as it passed through the closet door. The last thing I wanted to be thinking about at a time like this was interdimensionalism. I had no choice but to reach for the doorknob to open the massive wooden door. Did that golem honestly think I wouldn't want to see what was behind it? But the door opened without my touching it, and oddly silent for a house where everything makes noise. There I was, staring at a vacuous female political figure from Alaska who was instrumental in popularizing disinfo news. She was twirling a baton. I'd seen tweets calling her the baton twirler from the Siberian annex because of some crack she made about being able to see Russia from her back porch. I wanted to ask her what she was doing here, but as if she'd heard my thought, she turned to me and spoke. At least... I think she spoke. Her mouth was moving. Does that count? You're being treated to a holographic form of street theater with the audio track being telegraphed directly to your auditory cortex, lady. Or it would be if you weren't wearing that cap. Those are copper threads I'm seeing woven into it, right? <gasps> the voice scared the crap out of me. The scene I'd been interacting with dissolved to nothing but specks of shiny dust as I wheeled around to see a kid no more than 15 or 16, sitting stretched across the bottom step, his elbow resting on his bent knee while his hand balanced a pint of wild turkey on his outstretched leg. 
He gave every appearance of being bored to the point of exhaustion. How do I know you aren't a holographic image being telegraphed here? I asked. You don't, he replied. Don't you want to know what she said? I shrugged as I nodded, still not entirely sure I wasn't just having an intensely vivid, lucid dream. The Inquisition never ended. It just went into the closet on the stairway leading up. That's what she said? Why? Because everybody wants to rule the world, he replied. And the way to do that is with politics, education, and religion. Any one of them alone can easily pull the wings off the aphids, but the combination of all three? That's some serious wing-pulling shit right there. Wait. Did he just make a reference to my ants and aphids analogy? That was ages ago. What manner of fuckery is this? Why am I having this conversation? Who is this kid? But instead of asking him that, I asked him where he got that analogy. In my defense, I was pretty distracted. He could have been Peter Pan. He was so adorably waif-like. And there was something so familiar about him, that face and those eyes. I know those eyes, but from where? Wallace. He took a pull from the bottle, sucked in through his teeth as the burn hit his throat, and grinned. You got it. Come to pay my respects to our foster parents, and to settle a score. With the demon in the wall, or the house itself, I asked Forrest, Wallace's little brother. The way he was nodding made me think he meant both. To answer your first question, he said, I got that analogy from you. Been dreaming I'm listening to you ramble about shit for a while now. You sound like a slightly more emotive Siri, by the way. Can't wait to meet that tool with the silver skull ring on his pinky finger and tell him if he ever plots to murder my sister, I'll fuck him up. And where exactly are those anatomically correct sex ed puppets? And you should know, those demons you and Marina keep talking about? Mine's gone. Gone? Can't find the little fucker anywhere. Was hoping it might be here somewhere. You know, home turf and all. But yours? Yours is definitely here. He took another pull from the bottle for dramatic effect before continuing. It keeps snarling and gnashing his teeth at me. I don't think it likes me very much. <laughs> said he didn't care if he ended up with an aneurysm from being in the house unprotected. Suicide is a sin, 
but putting yourself in harm's way is not. Case in point, enlisting to serve in the military during a time of perpetual war. I suspect washing down the trauma he's endured with cheap booze has disabled his capacity for thinking rationally. I knew it had when he insisted on staying in his old room, the one that's sat empty since the infamous encounter with what's affectionately referred to as the demon in the wall. Besides, he said through a mouthful of Marina's tofu scramble, don't ask. If the opposition is targeting foster kids on the psychic spectrum, they're not going to kill me. They're going to program me to commit suicide by cop after I carry out some atrocity on their behalf, like gunning down a school full of kids because reasons, like maybe one of them is the son of a scientist who needs to be persuaded to falsify his data so the research can be discredited. Duh. We'd congregated in the kitchen after I spent a sleepless night trying to persuade Forrest to get some shut-eye on the settee in the study, but he would have none of it. Sleeping girls are just asking for it, he said, and I'm too young to have that kind of reputation follow me around. Besides, only rich kids get off with no time served on charges like that. It came from upstairs, and unlike the encounter with the hologram last night, we all heard it. <laughs> Marina and I raced to the bottom of the stairs just as the walls started breathing. With each inhale, the stairway walls swelled outward, then back to normal with each exhale as... Pictures of women in Victorian dresses and horse-drawn carriages lining the walls came crashing down. It was impossible to climb the stairs to locate the source of the explosion. There was no smoke, no flames, at least none that we could see. Were we safe? When are any of us really safe? Wallace and Simone had joined us at the bottom of the stairs, but Forrest was nowhere to be seen. We found him opening a bottle of Emery's good scotch as he leaned against the wall just outside the den. While we were distracted, he'd taken the liberty of rifling through the deceased's liquor cabinet. No wonder your daemon is gone, Marina said. Booze is the fastest way to get rid of beneficial spirits there is. Sure explains why Cassandra's daemon keeps gnashing its teeth at him. Did I really want her to explain? I mean, aren't we getting into alchemy when we start talking about spirits? In alchemy, alcohol is used to extract the soul essence of an entity, like extracting essential oils, right? So basically, she's saying the excessive use of alcohol can extract one's daemon from its place with us, and that leaves us defenseless to dark energy parasites. I was about to ask Marina about the finer points on that when she started nodding her head. Bingo, she said. Once again, Cassandra nails it. This kid's dark energy parasites have been so well fed 
They've congealed into one solid mass. I'm willing to bet more than one evangelical has accused you of being possessed by a demon. Am I right, Forrest? Am I ever going to get used to her doing that? And now that there's a new kid in town who appears to have the same gift for clairsentience, there's going to be twice as much to get used to. The absence of our daemon cuts us off from our watcher, which I'm sure I don't need to remind you means there's no one to chronicle our story, Abuela said. She'd wandered in the back door with the last of the peaches from the orchard and stood silently cradling them in the skirt of her apron, which may very well be the reason the opposition makes sure alcohol abuse is fostered in our society. With no one to chronicle our history, it's soon forgotten. And you know what the poet says about that. History forgotten is history repeated for profit. And in this case, it's the opposition profiting from all the dark energy being collected by the parasites who come in as soon as the daemon is removed from the picture. Is that why we were distracted by the house practicing its yoga breathing? So Forrest could slip into the den and find a bottle of spirits, I said. I instantly regretted saying it out loud. I get how dark energy can animate a golem, but an entire house? Is the house of Phantods here and the one in Buckley we recently encountered? being animated remotely? Or is the opposition merely taking advantage of the situation and using it to its benefit? If that's the case, wouldn't that make the opposition the true parasites? Or merely entirely predictable, since everybody wants to rule the world? Yawn. At least we were able to settle the argument about Forrest's use of his old bedroom. Abuela's more practiced in alchemy than the rest of us, especially when it comes to transmutation. She feels confident we can all work together to transmute the energy in that room to something more livable. It would take some practice to learn the technique, but it can be done. But not if Forrest is still drinking. As long as he continues to imbibe, there is no way he's going to be able to get rid of the parasites. I'm not sure which was creepier, the flurry of dust devils and water spouts that our transmutation lesson out on the front lawn evoked, or the sight of Stephen smoking a cigarette and smirking as he leaned against the porch watching us. That's the silver skull ring on Stephen's pinky finger the sun's bouncing off of, I said to Forrest, nodding in Stephen's direction. I was wondering when you were going to pick up on his energy, Forrest replied. He's been standing there a while. Notice that flask he's doing a terrible job of hiding? I wish there was a way to transmute the feeling I get when these kids way higher up on the psychic spectrum than I am run psychic circles around me. 
You don't suppose he thinks we're all just doing Tai Chi, do you? I asked. Think we should ask him to join us? Forrest merely shook his head, pointing out that whatever's in that flask probably has a lot to do with why Stephen's Damon is gone. At that moment, Wallace's little brother made a decision. Seeing Stephen was all it took to convince him to leave the bottle in his dust. There's no way I'm going to put my sister through dealing with her little Broly being a drunk if she's in love with a drunk, he said. Besides, drunken poet is one of those clichés that shows a total lack of imagination. Something tells me whatever plans the House of Fantods had for us were just transmuted by a 16-year-old kid who doesn't need to wear a t-shirt saying he's woke to show the world he just woke up. And the House is not happy about it. As the fog rolled in and the sun sank into the Pacific, we climbed the stairs two by two prepared to use whatever lessons had sunk in to transmute the dark energy in the room to something more reasonable, a kinder, gentler energy, one more open to sharing the space with the kid it once chased away. And with any luck, once that's done, Forrest can begin the journey of healing from the trauma he endured in that room. It knew we were coming, and almost seemed to be saying, Bring it on, bitches! And so we did. Much to the displeasure of the house, the Fantod Pack did indeed bring it. Of all the things I expected to see flying through the vortex that opened up in the wall facing the bed, flying monkeys were not one of them. There's a muse out there somewhere having a good laugh at our expense. For added effect, Forrest tossed Emery's bottle of scotch in just as the hole to hell began to close up. Well, that wasn't at all poetic. Wallace said as she threw her arm around her little Broly's shoulder and gave him a side hug. Neither is the story of how alcohol came to be the wildly successful tool of societal control that it is, Abuela said as we got to work putting up the Faraday wallpaper Forrest insisted he didn't need. I'll give you a hint. Including wine in communion was the most brilliant bit of product placement in the history of advertisement. And if you don't want your handlers programming you to give in to your cravings while you detox, Forrest, you definitely need to block that shit. None of us were naive enough to think Forrest's drinking problem was solved with a single ritual, not even Simone who's so clueless she's managed to let herself be manipulated by total strangers on the Internet. But we're going to let that one go for now while we work on figuring out what exactly it is they're manipulating her for. 
What do you want to bet it has to do with that tired old maxim about how everybody wants to rule the world? Except Forrest Stamen. According to Marina, it was bouncing on the foot of Forrest's bed as we said goodnight and closed the door behind us. Thank you.